You're listening to Multi New Media for the week of October 12, 2015. This is episode 22, covering the Windows 10 Devices event. I'm your host, Chase Raz, an educator, corporate trainer, and business developer, and I'll be joined today by our frequent co-host, Chris Ayers, who is a software developer and many other things. And I think in this episode may have been a bit tipsy while recording. It's all in fun, so stay tuned. So last week, Microsoft had the Windows 10 Devices event. Chris, what did you think of the event? Uh, Oh my God, we got a sigh already. That bad, huh? I I definitely saw some things I wanted, and then I waited till they updated their site, and I looked at the prices. Oh, yeah. But so that's actually my first question for you. So I thought the sigh was going to be bad, but the sigh was good. What okay, have you so ordered I have already? Surface Pro 3. Yes. I love my Surface Pro 3. I Okay, I'm probably one of the guys who is like I'm probably going to upgrade to the Surface Pro 4 even before they announce it. Yes. I just want to see if I'm going to be super excited about it or not. They announced the Surface Pro 4. I like I use my Surface Pro 3 for development. I try to game on it. It has just the Intel integrated graphics, so like Diablo and Guild Wars and like League of Legends run okay. You know, you know that the Surface is not for gaming, right? What, whatever, I can make anything game. Okay. You, you, you've seen Doom run on a toaster, so whatever. <laughs> but, um, so the the fact that it's the Iris graphics fifty two hundred. I know that the i seven has sixty four megs of dedicated ED RAM for graphics, so that the graphics are going to have much better performance than just the the i five version. I'm like, okay, great, more battery life. Um, they go up to one terabyte now. I'm like, sold. Uh, I'm probably going to get one of these. And then you keep watching the event and Surface Book. All right, so Surface Book was a big announcement. The first laptop uh, from like, Microsoft. Uh, I want one. And a, and a um, convertible. Actually, not even a convertible, a two-in-one. Well, okay, It is convertible, so but it's a two-in-one. Here's the difference, and I, I realized this after I heard some news, and I'm still waiting on the final verdict. So the Surface Pro 4 has, you know, everything in the tablet. Yes. Processor, memory, everything. The Surface Book has a detachable clipboard, and they call it a clipboard to differentiate it from the Surface Pro 4 because the clipboard version only has three hours of battery life, and it only has the Intel graphics. Right. Most of the battery and the graphic, the the dedicated graphics chip, if you do get one, ports. which is optional, and the ports live in the keyboard base. Right. So which it's, they have to for weight. Otherwise, the laptop would tip over. Right. And balance. So the, the vision is you detach the top to show it to somebody, and you reattach it. It's not intended for long-term detached use. It's meant to be a laptop that you can either turn the screen around, which you have right. to detach it to do it, or you can take the screen off and hand it to someone or use it yourself, but for short periods of time. So those were right. the those weren't the first announcement. They were they were the biggest though, I think, as far as crowd response and in terms of revenue well, for Microsoft, the Surface Book and the Surface Pro 4. Those are the ones that I care about. I mean, I I realize <laughs> Well, so we'll talk, talk about, about the others, too. Yeah, absolutely. Let's start with these, because these are the ones that most people care about. The question is, 
after seeing the Surface Book, are you still planning on upgrading your your Surface uh, Pro Three? Are you planning on training that trading that in for either of these devices? Where do you go now that there's now a laptop and a and a tablet? So I've wanted I want a gaming laptop. I want one. I, I want to be able to game on the go. I also want a good development machine, and I want something that. I can sit on my couch and just hold a tablet and browse the web and tap, 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 do Facebook, whatever. So the Surface fulfilled the browsing the web and portable development device aspect, but didn't fulfill the gaming really. Like I was limited in the games like I could play. The Surface Book seems to fulfill everything I want, but that's where the problem comes. So looking at the pricing... Starts and, and, at fourteen ninety nine US. Well, well, I I, I kind of looked at this a lot actually. Yeah. So fourteen ninety nine gives you a one twenty eight four gig i five. Sixteen ninety nine gives you a was it eight gig? I am or, double no, checking four, right now. So fourteen ninety nine gives you a. By the way, that fourteen ninety nine is a core i five. Right, core i five. One hundred twenty eight gigabyte to hard drive space. 8 gigs of RAM. Right. The next step up is 1699 and it, it either increases the disk space or the memory. It it increases the disk space. Okay. Same processor, so same now memory. It's 4 megs, 256 i5. No, no, no. It's 8 it's um 8 gigs. Oh, eight, I'm sorry. 8 gigs i5 but no Nvidia graphics. So it's strictly Correct. Intel integrated like the tablet. Correct. You're so, just getting a larger hard drive from the base right, model. Right. Not gaming. 1899 is where it gets interesting because it goes 8 gigs and it now has the NVIDIA GPU, but we don't know which one it is yet. Uh, it and, is, um, we we sort of do, we sort of don't. We don't know what it's equivalent to, but it was custom specced by Microsoft and custom built by Intel. Okay, so, so we don't know what it is. Though. Yeah, we don't know how to translate it to the existing models that are out. We're going to need to wait for benchmarks. Exactly. But it, it, so it's the i5, 8 gigs with an NVIDIA and 256. Yep. So now, the, and that's 1899. 2099 is the i7 with 8 gigs and the Nvidia and the 256 drive. Yeah. Which. All solid I, state, almost, by the way. I mean, obviously, when we're talking about these sizes, just so everyone's sure, we're, we're talking about a tablet device turned into a laptop. We're, we, we, it's all no, solid state. It's a laptop. They're, they're selling it as a laptop. Yep. I'm just saying. Yep. So this is comparable kind of to what I had. I have an i7. Uh, 256, 8 gig, uh, Surface Pro 3, and that retails for like 15.99, and then you add a keyboard on, so you're around the 17, you know, 50 mark, and this is now 20.99, and it's the laptop, but it has Nvidia added on. Right, and, and and I could still consider this as an acceptable price range. And I hear a lot of people leaning towards this one because then, of what you're about to say. And then. <laughs> And then they go to the 16 gig 512 model. So there's two upgrades there. Yep, half a 16. terabyte of hard drive, 16 gig RAM. Right. Still and i7. Core instead i7. of the 200 gig upgrade or 200 dollar upgrade, instead of the 400 dollar upgrade, you know, because up to this point, increasing memory was a 200 gig option. Increasing hard drive was a 200 dollar option. Going from 8 to 16 and 256 to 512 is a $600 upgrade. And I'm yeah. like, Ew. Okay, can I put this into perspective for you, though? 
uh, I, I even compared this to the MacBooks, man. That's exactly where I'm did. going. There are two things to compare this to. When you but go the, to the... Um, but there's a problem both with well, both MacBooks. Now, why is that? Okay, so the 13-inch MacBook doesn't have NVIDIA. Correct. So, and, and the Surface Book and, is and a 13.5-inch. That one also has, I believe, the M model of the, the right. Intel processors. Right, so the 13-inch MacBook, which is comparable in price... Does not have a touchscreen, does not have a full i7, and does not have NVIDIA. But the price is eh, a couple hundred dollars less, or, or you know, around that. The the 15-inch, which does have NVIDIA and does have the full processor, still doesn't have the touchscreen. So, like, it, it's not exactly. But both of those, Apple's both of those, those are i5, correct? Uh, there's i7 15 inch. So what is the i7 is still a couple hundred dollars less? Uh, I had looked at it the other day and there was like something that, that was just off. Here's what I see. When you look at the 256 gigabyte hard drive, the core i7 and eight gigs of memory, this is the second to the top. The one you said is $2,100. Sure. I view that as being directly in competition. It's saying, okay, you can get a MacBook Air or you can get a smaller MacBook Pro. And this is the device that for a similar price will blow that thing out of the water. Okay. So look, I'm on the Apple site right now. They have a 2.2 i7 okay. with, excuse me, a 2.2 i7 so, with 256 gigs of memory uh, for... Nineteen ninety nine. Two hundred fifty of of storage. Yes. You said memory. Just just put it out there. Don't want to confuse people. <sighs> okay. Eight gigs of memory or sixteen gigs of memory. Two hundred fifty six gigs of storage. Yeah. For nineteen ninety nine, and it does not list it as having an in uh, an Nvidia processor. But it, the, right, there's no dedicated processor, uh, video processor. Now the, I know that some of the the MacBooks do come with an NVIDIA processor. You said that's 256 gigabytes hard drive, 16 yep. gig um, memory. Yep. So here's kind of the trade-off. It's uh, you're, And I think this may be intentional on Microsoft's part. Oh. You don't want to compare, uh, no pun intended, apples to apples. Yeah, here it is. Uh, their high-end model, the 2.5 gig i7 with 512 gigs of storage and 16 gigs of memory, has a, a a discrete graphics card, the AMD R9 uh, Mobile 370X. Okay, what's its price? Uh, twenty four ninety nine. So we're so two, that is comparable. Yeah, we're two hundred dollars more. The but screen it's is not a bigger screen, and it's but not it's not touch screen. Not touch screen. Come with a pen, and it's not the convertible. No pen, no convertible, no two right. in one. And I'll be honest, um, one of the machines I was looking for was a MacBook Pro. I've had one before. Um, I usually run my Windows machines as VMs inside of it for development. Yes. But it is a great gaming laptop because it had an NVIDIA card as well, and it had a gorgeous screen. Um, they kept pushing in the Windows event that they had such a high PPI, uh, points, you know, pixels per inch yep. on the display. I and say I this just, is what, 200-something? Uh, 267, if, if I remember correctly. Sounds about right. The, they kept pushing that, and I was like, the MacBook's got to be higher than that. I don't and know I, if it is. Is it? I looked, and it's not. It's it's like 227. 
Like, no, yeah. So the, I mean, they were really, I mean, they were correct. Well, and that's the thing. A lot of people think that um, Apple devices have the highest PPI, have the highest and finest resolutions. But, the, you know, the thing is, Android really, the Android device manufacturers surpassed it so long ago. And, you know, Microsoft can just pick the stuff up, uh, stuff up on the open market, especially in China, and um, and repurpose it. So, I mean, Apple's been a little bit slow to the party and display, despite being the company that revolutionized the display right. quality. They did revolutionize it. I mean, even their newest phones have like 400 and something. But if you look at like the latest Nexus 6P, I think, had uh, they, they advertised like 500 and something PPI. Right. Like, both of the phones announced by Microsoft in this event, the Lumia 950 and the 950XL, both have over 500 PPI. Right. And that's that's significantly better than an Apple device at this particular time. It's right in line with where you would expect from a flagship Android device. So to kind of finish up on the Surface Book here, we're, you know, there are some questions about what the dedicated graphics card is. Is it better than what you may get in a MacBook Air? Is it... Um, well, it's definitely better than your MacBook Air. A MacBook Air and a MacBook 13-inch do not have add-on graphics. Oh, okay. Only, Only the, the high-end 15-inch MacBook Pros. But didn't you say that was 2400-something? Right, which it compares to the high-end MacBook yeah. Pro. Have the add-on graphics cards. Well, you may still get a little bit of a cheaper deal with Apple, but then your device isn't as new. Like we said, it's not touchscreen. It doesn't have pen. It doesn't have um, the... I really think that uh, for people who don't have a touchscreen, who have never used a Surface... <sighs> they, let's let's see it, where it you're going. Really, Windows 8 one, um, I never had a problem with it. Right. I, I'm, I'm I am an early adopter, and I, I I loved Windows 7. I loved Windows 8. Um, I didn't have an issue with it, and that was before I got my Surface. When I got my Surface, Windows 8 was amazing. Yes. Um, yeah. And I had some productivity issues awesome. on a desktop, um, but that's just because you know we did what everybody did is we went to desktop and we started ignoring the quote-unquote metro apps and then you're just fine again windows 10 is awesome on untouched devices yeah the 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 native apps the um you know they've integrated in edge like the facebook app hulu netflix all of these are just great touch devices and, and touch apps and so i i want to get another touch device or touch screen just because I think that that's where developers are starting to focus more. I mean, every Adobe app that they announced or, or, or talked about is touch-enabled. Yes. They're, they're moving their whole suite touch-enabled because... And that's, you know, you know, they've been doing that for quite a few years now, honestly. It's yeah. just, it's now they're finally getting the scaling correct in the applications. People know in, in Photoshop, that was a big headache for a long time, not having proper scaling. Um it's it's great couch device. Like, I, I think we agree on this, that if somebody right now says, you know, I haven't really used touch or I don't have need for that and they've never tried it, they probably ought to try it. It is truly a game changer. No, it's not for everybody, but it, it really is that big of a deal. And it's that well perfected in the Windows um, ecosystem now. I'm just very much on the fence because as a developer and as a gamer, I want more memory, more memory, more processor, more more graphics. So I want that that bigger one, I just, mm -hmm. if it was $200 less, I don't think I'd hesitate as much. I really don't. If it was twenty four ninety nine, I'd probably already have pre-ordered and, and, and gotten it, you know, yeah. coming next week. It's just, ugh. 
Well, that what about bit. what about the possibility of doing with uh, the Surface Pro Four? So going the tablet model, you can get. Um, I, I want the graphics. Uh, that's I, I, that's a breaker for you. I would. I use my Surface all the time, but I don't use it for gaming like I want to. I yeah. have to go back to my desktop to to do the serious gaming I want to do. If the graphics perform like they're advertising them performing, yeah. Um, you know, my lunch breaks are going to be more gaming. Can Can I you tell know, you what I'm I doing do? Things on the weekend, it's more gaming, and yeah. I I would be. I want the graphics. Can I tell you what I would do in your situation, and and hopefully not start a flame war? What? Okay. For gaming, I would go with the twenty one hundred dollar model, the one down from the top, and and here's why: you're getting the same Intel i seven, you're getting the same. Uh, is graphics. it the same? Is it is it clocked at the same speed? That I don't know. They I don't believe they've published those specs at this time. And and here's the thing: with it the should Pro be three. I went with the i7 over the i5, and I heard people saying not to because the i7 uh, in the Surface Pro three uh, would thermal regulate itself, so it would start gaming and getting hot. Right. Yes. And it would limit its processing power and go below what the i5 would do consistently. Well, that's what something we'd have to check, but but still, I'm just saying for for what's the price difference here for six hundred dollars? You can expand your storage space externally very easily, um, still with decent speed. You're not going to have gaming performance issues, and eight gigs of RAM is plenty for most games out. Are you going to have to knock down from from your most intense mode, yeah, probably with only eight gigs. Yes, um, you know my my desktop. I, I'm running low. I, I'm, the plan is 32 gigs, and I'm currently running at eight. And yeah, when I'm doing media and running a bunch of apps in the background and blah 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 blah. Okay, yeah, some of the, some of it, it can get a little. Has to do with over. texture caching, man. If it stream, if it loads a lot of textures for a level into memory. It doesn't have to hit the disk to load new textures as you move around. Okay, so would you agree, though, that the hard drive space is not the issue? A quarter uh, of a terabyte versus a half? is kind of restrictive as well. It, it, it is. It is. Um, my Surface Pro 2, <laughs> which, yes, I am still rocking the Surface Pro 2. Um, Mine, mine's 256, and I added a 256 uh, micro SD card into the SD yeah. slot, and I used that for storage, too, because well, 256 is too restrictive for I, me. For, for business use only, I've almost maxed out the 256. You, you realize, again, I have a 12 terabyte NAS at home, which I, I'm meaning to upgrade to 24. I, I want to replace all my drives. Yeah, but we're talking about the stuff you need to have on the device on the go. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I know. I'm saying 256 still feels restrictive to me. So Surface Book um, was a big announcement, really, kind of the one that Microsoft snuck in and surprised everyone with. Um, uh, no, 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 no. I think uh, the, yeah, the Surface Book was a huge, huge surprise. Um, I I really liked how they announced it too. Yeah, they said, "Is you know, hey, we have a bunch of competitors in the uh, the two in one market. Are we gonna?" Double down, uh, or are we gonna? Oh no, they weren't know? talking about the two-in-one market. What they were saying is that no, Apple's no, no, coming they in. They were with... talking about the two-in-one market. They no. were talking about the Surface, and they said, "Hey, we have a bunch of competitors. What are we gonna do? Are we gonna double down or reinvent the market?" And they they said, were. Well, here's our double down. They were specifically and they the Surface Pro Four, and then they went, "Oh yeah, one more thing. We also reinvented the market. Here's the Surface Book." 
that's they, true, but re- they were very clearly targeting the iPad Pro. Very um, clearly and, with that statement. And like the yogas and, and stuff. There, there was a <laughs> lot of hits at Apple. Um, yeah, and I don't think they were targeting the yoga no. at all because they're not going to alienate their OEMs. There were a lot of hits at Apple because of the... I, I think a couple years ago when the Surface first came out, Tim Cook said something about, you know, you could combine a fridge and a toaster. Yes. Before the event, they tweeted an image of a fridge combined with a toaster to Tim Cook and said, hey, watch the event. Something might pop up. <laughs> well, then did when they were presenting the event, they they... He loaded some program and went, oh, whoops. I Did, guess I got punked by somebody. Right, yeah. The image of the toaster That's fridge. what I was going to ask. If you saw when Panos Panay, uh had you know somebody on his crew put the image of the toaster on one of the devices. Then and, when they did the Surface Pro 4, they were talking about the stylus and said, hey, the button on the end is also an eraser. It's almost like somebody came out with a pencil that didn't have an eraser. Yeah, like like they they did all of those things directly targeting Apple, and then they went, oh yeah, this directly targets the MacBook Air, and directly targets the MacBook Pro, and directly targets the iPad Pro. Right, like they they set their sights and they called their shot. See, everybody loves Surface, but I'm more of a Windows Phone guy. Uh, and I have a 6s Pro. I've been having some. Oh no, no Apple. I've been having not the, not listen I have Apple products Apple products are great it's no Apple phones it's just not for me I don't like the interface and I know it's virtually identical to Android for what some people say I don't think they're virtually identical at all I prefer Android over over iOS that's just a personal preference uh, I'll use whatever I need to but I like Windows phone the most the thing is they announced two models Right oh, in the, they both look good. They both they but look no, amazing. They announced three models. Get it right. Well, they did. Okay, they they mentioned the third and said, "Okay, deal with that later." Um, you know, the Lumia nine fifty is a I want to say five point two inch device. The Lumia nine fifty XL though is the one I'm so interested in. They kept calling it tablet class liquid cooling, so they brought the liquid cooling from the Surface line, which surprised me because you don't see them talking about liquid cooling in the Surface or the Surface Book. Never. Yeah, they exactly. They never saw it, but I was fully expecting them to announce it because they said, we brought liquid cooling from the Surface team to the phone. And I went, okay, so they're going to announce later. Well, apparently cooling. they're liquid cooling this stuff and we just don't know it. <laughs> because why else? Well, I, I, the, I can't figure that out. The fans were concerned in the Surface Pro 3, so right. I, I don't doubt that they're trying it well because there are some aren't there is there a fanless model of the three the surface three i think is fanless oh yeah the but pro three okay. is not and like i said the i5 the i7 when it starts chugging like i've had people go what's that noise i'm like it's the fan if i understand correctly i think the base model of the surface pro 4 is fanless i think uh, it's yeah, yeah, it is because it's an Intel Core M3. Okay, that might be then. Yeah, and it's only four gigs of RAM, 128 gigabyte a gigabyte of hard drive space, so that one's probably fanless. Anyways, still eight hundred ninety nine dollars well, for a Core M3. It's a little high, but um, that's why I'm still using my Surface Pro two. It works. It's thick. It's chunky. It's heavy, but it is paid for. Yeah, well, it's also not twelve point three inch. Right. Well, one of the, you know, and that's a great thing about the phones with Continuum, oh. right? So there's well, a, the new dock coming out for Surface where, where you don't actually have to plug the thing in. It looks like they want to be able to change 
change the form factor a little bit more going forward and not reissue a dock and a keyboard every time they do. But with Continuum on phones, they have the um, the uh, Continuum dock as well. And I think that's really going to be revolutionary, especially in emerging markets where the phone can be your primary device and serve as a phone and a, and a PC. Yeah, I thought that the, the Continuum demo was pretty cool. Um, you know, I already have a like a, a Surface dock, so the announcement of a new one and a new like keyboard, and I was like, eh, I guess I gotta get new stuff. But well, if you do get the new keyboard for your Surface Pro three, if you keep that and go with a Surface book, then you can get a fingerprint the reader. Stuff, they reduced bezels everywhere. If you looked at it, the Surface screens are bigger, just a little bit. The keyboards were bigger. The bezels on the edges were less. The yeah. bezels on the touchpad were less. It was bigger touchpad. Um, if you look at the phones. The bezels are, are pretty small overall. Like they definitely worked on maximizing space that they had. Yeah. One you know, one thing they didn't say though, um, about the phones, and I'm gonna focus on the phones here a, a little bit, kind of moving on from surface. They didn't talk about um they talked about device availability in terms of date, right? Expect November, sometime in November. Um, we're guessing late November, but they didn't say anything about carriers, and um, basically there's been some word coming through the, the journalistic side, and um, the story is this stuff's only coming to AT&T and T-Mobile. Really? That so they're only doing uh, GSM? Y- yeah, that they're only doing um, those compatible radios, that of course some of the LTE bands will work on Verizon. Um, I haven't heard anything about Sprint, but it it's possible they use LTE almost everybody does so you'll get some overlap where your phone will be somewhat usable but um, it looks like Microsoft and Verizon's relationship um, may have come to an end I I could be wrong on that but that's that's everything I'm hearing from a a good number of sources huh I uh, I hadn't seen anything about that anywhere but so you know that puts the people like me who are Windows Phone folks on Verizon in the US that puts us in an interesting position do we switch to AT&T or T-Mobile I can tell you if I do take one of those two it'll be T-Mobile and um do I switch it or just do I go out and get you know an Android phone well Verizon's always really pushed Android I mean they they definitely have a relationship with Apple since the AT&T exclusivity ended but they've pushed Android for a while. Remember the the Droid phones? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 full in on Android. They're well, yeah. they're full in. Yeah. Um that you know, and that's that's troublesome. I want the device that I want and I want it on the carrier that I want. Um so it's it's really kind of bugging me if this ends up being true that that those well, of us who are on Verizon or Sprint would have to then I mean, if you're on Sprint, you don't have a Windows phone, period. Well, they well, they have one. Ignoring the carrier. Right. Um yeah, the the 950s, what the smaller screen at 5.2. 5.2, 5.7 it has a six, for the XL. Uh, a hex core, the the bigger one, 5.7 with a octa core. Mm-hmm. I think they both have a 20 megapixel camera, which they do pure view camera, which is one yeah, of the best. Following types of the legacy of all the other Lumias, they have a killer camera, and they did something with the flash, so it's like a triple LED flash to. Help I want to say it's an RGB. That it's RGB, so that way it gets natural lighting color instead of that washed-out white effect. Which, Which yeah, I mean... Makes sense. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm one of those guys that doesn't take a million pictures with their phone, but... So, one question I'd ask you, though, speaking of phones, is you use the iPhone. Yeah. I'm on Windows Phone here. Yep. 
let's say let's say that the app gap was closed and it will never be unless we just uh, you know on on the windows side get android look, i'm not apps. opposed to switching to a windows phone right I, I, yeah exactly I, would you my, look at one of the app gap uh, using phones has changed like when i was on a so i've been on an iphone since the 3gs uh, I did have an Android phone for a small period. I've had an Android tablet, but I've had an iPad the whole time. Mm-hmm. So since the iPads come out, I've, I've pretty much had an iPad, but I did have an Android tablet and a Nexus 7 for for quite a while. Um, but I've never had a Windows device but I uh, on the phone. But I've always used Windows desktops. And I use a Windows desktop and a Windows laptop. What did you use I, before the iPhone and Android came out? Just a feature phone? I had a Nokia, you know... Oh, just a feature phone, right? I had a... I mean, I got the 3GS back in, like, 07, 08, like, when smartphones started coming out. Before that, I did have a Palm. I had a Palm. Okay, yeah, I was curious, because... I went from, like, a Nexus phone with the walkie-talkie to a Palm. I had a Palm Pilot and a handspring. Oh, Nextel, yeah, when you had the walkie-talkies on Nextel. Yeah. Yep, and I split off of that into a Palm. I did Palm for a while, and I had multiple apps, and I, I used it like crazy. And then I didn't get the original iPhone. I had friends who did, but I, I got on the th- at the 3GS. I, I kind of kept my Palm until the 3GS. Yeah, I didn't. You know, I didn't buy into the iPhone from the beginning. I was already using Windows Mobile Five, and then I think about that time <laughs> six came out, and I liked it. I thought it was significantly better than than I iOS. I did not think that the Windows Mobile worked. Like you had I to have a touchscreen. You had to have a touchscreen and a stylus. Right, and it wasn't good touchscreen at the time. No, that was yeah, you more had to have this than uh, or resistive than capacitive. You could try it with your finger, but it was going to be an awful experience. No, you needed those pens, and and yeah. and like FedEx and UPS had those where it was like the the barcode scanner with the mm-hmm. the yeah the, the the true original tablets before Apple innovated. Right, people think Apple invented the tablet space, and they didn't. The, these things existed from. HP and Dell and Lenovo, well, IBM. Uh, yeah. Anyways, um, I used to do like everything on my phone, tons of games, tons of, and, and my I've kind of evolved in my phone use. I just want a phone that works. I want to be able to make calls, make texts. Uh, I I know you might not care, but hit Facebook, browse the web, listen to music, you know. An occasional game or two. All of so, that is exactly all I ever do on my phone. And for me, Windows right. Phone is enough for it. But some of the social media uh, sites are not available on Windows, and that's really, uh, really irksome. And, and for me, um, you know, I, I've realized because I've I've been I've developed apps before. Um, it's e- you're probably going to get more money targeting an iPhone than you are an Android phone, and you're probably going to get more money targeting an Android phone than a Windows phone. That that's just kind of how it is currently. That now that's slowly yeah. changing. Android's yeah. definitely gaining. Um. Well, here's the thing: the Android app market is horribly inefficient at converting users into revenue for app developers. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't know the recent numbers, and I think I've said this on the show before, but a couple of years ago, it was one sixth of what, um, well, of what um, Apple was earning. Well, well, here's the thing: per user, when, when you sign up for a new line. You usually have to pay something to get an iPhone. You can get an Android phone for free. Typically. It's yeah, so yeah, much yeah. easier. Well, those are going to be... To root and jailbreak an Android phone and then load a side um, app store, download APKs, and put hacked... 
yeah, but games, that's not images, that, whatever. And that's true, but that's not the reason. And we can clearly show that with numbers. So, really, and here here's why: because if you have the Apple App Store, and I misspoke earlier. I said per person. It's in aggregate. The the Apple App Store was six times larger in revenue <clears throat> than Androids. So here's the thing. When you are, at the time, I think they were somewhere globally around 13% market share. Android was just getting into the 70s at that time, and we're up in the 70s now. And that's worldwide. Right, worldwide. So with that split in market share, Apple was still beating the pants off of Android in terms of revenue, and so bad that Windows, when it had almost 4% of global market, was making within a couple of hundred thousand dollars of Android. We're talking the person who had 70% global market share compared to the person who had three, making almost the same amount of money. That's... And it's gotten better since then, yes. But, yeah, we can't say that it's because of cheap Android phones because as many of those that there are, there are still high-end phones that match the Apple volume, and we still are one-sixth the total volume. It is just it has been a very tough experience to um, get revenue out of Android users. Fracturing is definitely a problem, too. Have, have you had issues? You said you've used Android devices. Yeah, very, very commonly, yes, yeah. Have you had issues with, hey, I bought this app and it won't work? Yeah, you know, that's what pushed me back to Windows um, and initially. And that's a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, not only on a given device, not, well, not only are there 8 million, that, that's being facetious, but so many different actual <laughs> devices running Android. A billion trillion. It is a, on ridic- a given device. It is a ridiculously large number, and there, the number is out there. I just don't know it off the top of my head. On a given device, it could be running the OS it launched with up to the current OS or a subset thereof, you know, because so, some devices not might not have been updated to support the latest OS from the manufacturer. Yeah. So you might have a small subset of it. Then... It might have varying screen sizes, so you might have a thousand different screen sizes to support on a thousand different devices running a possible thousand different versions of Android, custom ROMs, custom installs, whatever. It's an astronomical number of possible combinations. It's hard for developers to support that and deal with all the bugs that that arise from from those situations. Yeah, from that particular point of view, I think... um Apple, <laughs> Apple and Microsoft definitely have a competitive advantage there. And I think that plays out in the market, even with the horrible app store that uh, Windows has. I mean, I hope that changes. Um, but when we're talking about $650 for the for the 5.7-inch uh, Lumia 950 XL model and That's 550 comparable. it's very comparable to Android, and it's very comparable to the iPhone as well. But here's the thing. Yeah. Do I or does anybody else want to put $650 into a device that you're not going to have access to apps on, even if you're not a, a heavy app user. Well, they're trying to go with the business route with their advertising. I mean, you saw the presentation. They pushed, hey, I'm traveling. I need to work PowerPoint. I need to work Word. I need to do Outlook. Well, and, and that's great. That's but they the- also said the best experience, but they've been pushing the best and newest experiences out to the other platforms. And I know that's done, so now they can go back to Windows. But... They kept saying the best mail client, the best mail client, was it stands right now before launch of the 950 and the 950 XL, the worst Outlook client that exists, period, is on Windows Phone. That's why they keep saying it. They're kind of trying to promise people that, oh, it's coming. It's getting better. Outlook is going to be not only up to par with what we've done on Android, but better. 
And wow, that has hurt my confidence. That has hurt a lot of people's confidence in Microsoft to say, you know, the 3% of us that are using a Windows phone, we have set and watched updates to other devices. And now it's, oh, you're going to get the best experience. Well, go ahead and detail that for us before I spend $650. How about we try that approach? I bet they're just talking about, hey, consistently, we are the most adopted mail client worldwide. If you no, look no, at, they're saying that Outlook is going hey, to be Outlook, best no. on on Windows Phone as opposed to Android or iOS. And right now, the experience is the worst. Yeah, I thought they were just the the way I caught the wording, and maybe I I misheard was Outlook's the best. No, you didn't you didn't and mishear, but it was period, a very it was a stop. No. Outlook's the best. No, it was a very coded message. No, it was very coded for Windows Phone users. Um well, I'm not one, so I didn't get that subtext. Yeah, because we're all kind of quite frankly pissed off about it. Um you Anyways, know, I, I mean, it's well, a, it's think a nice about phone. this. Think about this on Android or iOS, you can go through Outlook and you can access shared email addresses, right? So let's um, I use out. I actually added Outlook to my iPhone because, yeah. you know, my work uses Office 365, so I have Outlook in in OneDrive and 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 Link, the Skype for Business stuff, and I use that for my phone, and it it works fine. I mean, there's it's not as good as the Android client. There's some disconnects. Like sometimes I'm on the client and I get an email saying I missed a conversation. But why is it that on some of these platforms you can do you can check email addresses that you can't even check from a Windows phone? That shouldn't be allowed, right? We can say, well, Microsoft right. is getting better right. and they've turned the corner and they turned I, the corner a long time ago. But if it, it's Microsoft's platform and it's Microsoft's client, right? It never they, should have happened. Like Apple, they should bring the new features to their product lines first and roll them out to secondary product line second. So Apple brings new stuff to the Mac. And then rolls it out into Windows. Yeah. Well, again, new stuff. I think everybody understands why they had to go new stuff to the other platforms first. Because that's where people were at. And if they didn't do that, Microsoft would have suffered horribly. Sure. Especially in their Office 60, uh, 365 revenues. But to have taken this feature out of Windows Mobile and over Windows Phone 7, Windows Phone 8, and subsequent updates. To never have put it back in, but to give it to other platforms. And that's just me preaching, but yeah, that was a very coded message to Windows Windows Phone users. And since you've already brought it up, it's it's for three percent of the people out there. Yeah, we're three percent. Um, we're statistically yeah, insignificant. 3%. Uh, we we are, but we're statistically insignificant. And the thing is, we tend to be people that know what statistical insignificance is, and we know that we're that. However, quite frankly, I think a lot of us have the position of I'm perfectly willing to go to something else, either pull the plug. Or make it work. The thing I got excited about doing this demo, uh, changing. Yeah, changing go for again, it. Since I don't feel like I'm the three percent wanting to talk about a Windows Phone mail client. Most people um, aren't. Don't worry. <laughs> what's the, okay? So I definitely am interested in buying an Oculus Rift, uh, full 3D space for gaming. Which Oculus Rift is probably very geared towards sitting in a chair. It is, and, and you're okay giving money to Facebook like that? Huh? You want Oculus Rift? You're okay giving money to Facebook like that? Oculus Rift has been out for two or three years. They've been through multiple iterations of their dev kit, and they have the most software support, and they there's have been the doing reason. the hardware the longest. Yep, there's the reason. But that is pure... That's why. It's the most polished of the systems out there. But that's virtual reality. Yes. Not augmented reality. 
which right. is, I think, where you're going with this. Yes. That's why I'm leaning towards this. Now, I'm completely okay with going in my office, sitting in my chair, putting on a headset, playing games. But that being said, um, HoloLens look kind of cool. <laughs> they it they does. did this thing, and, and they did the full Mega Man gun, which I was just like, oh. Um, so Oculus Rift, they put screens in front of your eyes, and I can look around with my eyes. One of the complaints I've heard multiple, multiple, multiple times about HoloLens is the, the demos they show with the camera don't reflect the true experience. Correct. The true experience with HoloLens is it's a small display that you have to look straight ahead to see. And you can't like glance around like crazy and see it in your peripheral. You have to look straight ahead to get that augmented reality experience. Yeah, and that's going to be true for the prototypes. I think by the time it hits consumers, they've been pretty clear that that probably won't be the case. I don't know how the dev kit will be. Well, that, that's my hope. But So they come out on stage and the guy's like, oh yeah, um, by the way, we've worked on holdable holograms. And he has got like a little stick in his hand. And he, he like, you know, like does some movement. And his hand turns into like a gun, like Mega Man boom, he's got a blaster on his arm. And it's a movable hologram. So he's moving around his arm, and you know we're seeing it from the point of view of the camera, not the guy, so I can't speak for what it truly is like. But it's following his hand, and it looks cool, and he shoots the wall, and you see this uh, hole in the wall. Like, it, you see the 3D shot go into the wall, and then there's a hole there. And I'm like, okay, this can be fun. This can be cool. And he's like, yeah, we've been playing this at home with our family. And this thing comes out of the wall and little bots start crawling all over the wall or floating around and he he's dodging their shots and shooting them. And that looks cool, but... But you're worried what the actual experience is going to be. Not all gamers want to walk around their living room. And honestly, not all rooms are as clear and empty as that stage. Yeah. See, you know, I'm not that much of a gamer. I only play simulations and a few um, RPGs. And um, not RPGs, RTSs. Excuse me. See, I'm not a gamer. It's only Uh, three letters, man. I know, I know. But you know what? HoloLens, I know it's an enterprise-first application, but they keep showing it as gaming. Of course. And and Minecraft. Don't forget Minecraft. I think I would play games on HoloLens if I had one, whether for business or not. And when I don't play games... Uh, on the computer. I think games on the computer have gone awry. Sure, I think games for the HoloLens when they're out will be, you know, FPSs and shoot 'em ups and that type of thing. But I don't think all of the games will be that way. The problem with a console or problem with a computer right now is unless you get sort of a casino or a bar style game or something really lighter like the simulations I play, it's going to be wait, shoot 'em up, wait, kill wait. people. But ba- ba- back up a minute. You play casino simulations still? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying unless you get something like that to avoid the first-person shooters of doing nothing but endlessly putting bullets into alien oh. creatures and zombies and other human beings. There's tons of games that don't require you to do that. Okay, so I can play sports, and I do. Uh, I can do there, racing, sports, and I do. There's racing. There but are, how many more um, FPS games are there than any other genre? Well, I, I will give you that. FPS, by far, is the, the the biggest market. And games and FPS games uh, push the boundaries of systems and game and, and, and technology. And that's great, but all I want to do... that's been the same since All the I want to do is put augmented reality, holo, HoloLens-type glasses on, 
and walk around with, uh, you know, what marshmallow clouds and unicorns and all, not literally, but you know, all the fancy stuff of just being immersed in an environment. I don't actually need to go kill people or makes, you know, no man's get sky is coming. What is it? No man's sky is coming. I don't know what that is. So, like, I play um, Elite Dangerous. You get you start out in the spaceship with like a hundred credits. And you can go and start doing delivery missions. You can go oh, and start mining. Okay. It's like drug you, wars. But I mean, is that going to be? Or you can go and rob people. Is that going to be useful for Hololens at all, or no? Well, I want to do it for Oculus Rift because I can sit in my space chair and look around and follow ships as they're flying around me and just turn my head instead of having to yeah. hit keys. Um, you know, I, 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 well, I don't know. Let me let me turn the conversation just cool. slightly. $3,000 for the developer kit starting next year. Are you getting one? Not for a developer kit. Now, nope. the dev kit for Oculus Rift was like 300 bucks. 300 <laughs> well, listen, bucks. I, I'm sorry, and I, I know people hate, are going to hate me for this, but I don't view Oculus Rift as much more than Google Cardboard. I have about the same respect for those two. Uh, really? Really? Cardboard took a phone and you plugged it in. Uh, that's Oculus exactly Rift. how I feel about it. I haven't Oculus used Rift it. Oculus Rift had head tracking built in and uh, two different screens. Well, like when, It wasn't just a cell phone. Well, when you're looking a at a phone that has mic. an accelerometer, you don't need that. I mean, I'm not saying it's technologically the same. Oculus Rift is a hell of a lot more advanced. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe I should put it this way so I don't make people mad. Have I'm you not tried a, one? I'm not a virtual reality guy, and that's why I haven't tried one. Okay. This is not the virtual reality of the 90s. This is not the triangles everywhere and, oh, look, I, shoot a, I shot a flying triangular pterodactyl. This I'll, is not the stuff right. from the malls in the 90s. Okay. So, I mean, I, I would try one. Totally not. This is like I, I have been um, – I've done demos on the Oculus Rift. I've done games on the Oculus Rift. I put one on and re rode a roller coaster, and dude, I felt the motion. I'm See, sitting still in a chair. So you're saying and, that AR and with the uh, the headset on, seeing two different images in my eyes, um, it I, I, and I could look around in any direction. I had earphones on, and I rode a roller coaster. And dude, when that roller coaster got to the top and started going down, I thought I felt some sort of motion and it got to the bottom it starts twisting and turning and i'm leaning like I, I don't even think about it i'm feeling motion where there is none because the signals coming into my eyes and the sounds coming into my my ears are making me think i'm feeling motion but see you're, you're comparing apples so to oranges immersive. that's not what hololens is even attempting to do remotely but that's what i want well that's that, virtual that, reality and Microsoft right. has alluded that they are not going to leave virtual reality in the dust. They will come up with a virtual reality product, so so they say. But that's has you know that's nothing connected to Hololens. And the question is, is that three thousand dollar price tag worth it, given the type of gaming and given the type of an enterprise experiences that you're going to get there? Because we can want virtual reality all day, but what we have in front of us is a few VR systems that are already available, with, and with now we have AR. A tenth of the cost for full VR versus augmented reality. Yeah, I think what we're going to go back to is pe some people like VR better, a, some people like AR. What happens when they put a camera on the VR systems that are a tenth of the cost and they just project an image of what you're looking at and they go AR? 
Like, yeah, I, I, I realize it's technically much more difficult than it's, that. It's, um, no, you know, it's, I, I, I get what you're saying because it's not, I know, and I know you're saying it's not technologically difficult. It's just more no, complex. No, I'm saying it, it probably is technologically. Oh, no, our, uh, yeah, AR is a lot more technologically difficult than, than VR. Um, but, you know, I, I just don't, I don't know. I think they're two drastically different worlds. The one thing I like about AR, though, is you can always just black out your field of view and be right in a VR world. That's what I like about it. It's pricier, but when you have VR, you can't go AR unless you add a camera and then you're walking, like you said, through, it's well, like looking through your cell phone video lens to go around the mall. Well, that's why I I, I like the experiences where I can sit down because there's a lot of times where you, you're, you know, I do play FPSs, first-person shooters. I do play role-playing games where it's uh, a 3D experience and you're walking around a world. But being able to use my head to look around instead of a button or a mouse, that to me is awesome. Now, other people, they definitely want to jump up and jump around their rooms and dodge things, and that looked cool. But I've played games where they have physical things. Um, the PlayStation Move, then Connect. Oh, don't forget and about the Nintendo Wii who, who the really... The Nintendo Wii. You know. They... <laughs> you only play those games for so long. Right. I, 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 I mean, I, I go to the gym, I work out. You really only play those games for so long. Have you tried holding your arms up, holding a gun or holding a sword or, or whatever for a long period of time? Well, the benefit is you don't <laughs> actually have to hold the sword. So you don't get the 45 pounds that come with it. You did say something. You said you, going to the gym... That's going to transition to me me to this. There's one product we haven't talked about, and it's the only product between the two of us that I think one of us has ordered. And it's the only one one of us cares about. You don't care about the Microsoft Band? Nope. Oh, wow. I love the Microsoft Band. I have the original. I wear it all the time. Everything they say about it is true in both ways. One, it is as amazing of a device as it sounds. It's a, it wasn't comfortable. It is uncomfortable. The Thank the you. the rubber covering chips. The screen is horribly not responsive and scratches easily. The so goal, I hear multiple multiple negatives, and you're like, I love this thing. But I just said the positives. You have all of your updates. You have all of your cardio tracking. You have all of your step tracking. You have all of. I mean, the the GPS in it alone sets it apart, especially at that two hundred dollar price point of what it used to be, from almost any other fitness tracker in that market. To me, it's the best combination of a watch, digital, uh, a smartwatch, and fitness tracker. I do feel like I'm being taken. The Android Wear has, uh, I think, I'm, I'm pretty sure like the Moto 360 has a GPS in it. And it can operate independently of a phone. And I, I'm just saying. Some of them have I, caught I have I've tried on yours. I've tried on a Microsoft Band. Yeah. The the horizontal thing on my wrist. Yeah. Like, it's that screen it's, resolution it's, it's was really wonky. I mean, think about this, right? It's, uh, it's a weird choice. The 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 original one felt uncomfortable. I didn't want to wear it. Um, how often do you have to charge it? It is every forty eight hours. Every forty. And if I'm using GPS, the the real time with GPS is a couple of hours. All right. uh, maybe three, four. I've I've had a Fitbit, uh, like the the little zip ones that I just clip on my pocket. I put a battery in that. Like not comparable at all. Um, I've I'm going to stand by that def that position. I've got not some comparable. Friends that have the charge that that love it. That's the the, the wrist one. That one's I fairly just, comparable. I just haven't worn a watch since like the 90s. 
I have a cell phone on you, me that tells me the time. Uh-oh, you listen to Apple too much. No, Who no, needs no. a watch? No, I don't have an Apple watch. I don't have any watch. I have yeah. not worn a watch in years, and I'm always typing. I always have my wrists resting on something or, or moving around. I just don't want one. Well, I love the new design. I love the the slight change in screen size. I don't know if I care that much that the screen is curved, but the idea that this is medical grade quality uh, technology, that the, the rubber's not going to flake off, that there aren't big chunks in the sensor, that it's a smooth band. Everything I'm hearing that comes out of the... especially, well, I, I was looking at some of the uh, journalists who were uh, at the event and some of the fans that were invited to the event. Everything I'm seeing on social media and in the write-up say it is extremely comfortable. Fingers are crossed, though, because I am going to feel a little bit taken for a fool because there aren't too many upgrades. It's not like there's extra battery life. It's not like there's... there's a barometer. Okay, there's a... I, yeah, all right. I think I feel the way most people feel. <laughs> Which, Woo, to be honest, great. my iPhone has a barometer. Oh, yeah. And my, my iPhone has, you know, a step and motion processor. People want the stuff. barometer, especially who hike or climb. We live in Florida. We couldn't... I don't think no matter what you do, you could give a the shit less about a barometer. The highest point like 300 and something feet. But they're doing that for people that run up and down stairs in, like, stadiums or the people who hike. And that's fine. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I'm excited to get the one. I've already pre-ordered it. It should be coming in the mail in a month. Of course you have. Um, that's the only thing I pre-ordered from here. Um, I don't even have plans to upgrade my Surface Pro 2 to something new until that damn thing dies. But my band is horribly falling apart. I mean, it's I, I've put it through its paces. You know, I'm in the gym um, four to six times a week for at least two hours. Um, and have been doing training for a half marathon. I've beaten the crap out of this thing this year and it has taken the hits and it is still working. I love that. I'm sure any device would, but I've just grown so attached to this particular device that I'm excited for the next one, even if nobody else is. But I, I will say this, there's a lot more, um, Microsoft band loyalists out there percentage wise to the wearables market than there are windows phone loyalists in the phone market. Um, I could probably see that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the, Microsoft didn't expect that, and they, it was hard to get a Microsoft band for a very long time. I looked out. I walked. I heard about it day one. I don't know how I heard about it day one. I happened to be right next to a Microsoft store about 10 miles away. So I zip on over. Uh, cl- 10 miles is close for me with how much I drive. I zip on over. I, I don't even ask the price. I say, give me one. Uh, I buy it. Uh, I hate how uncomfortable it is. But I have come to love that device for some sick reason. Did you drive over to the International Mall? No, I was uh, heading over to Orlando and um, oh, okay. just zipped on in. So there was an app, a Microsoft store in the International Mall for a time. Yeah. They've closed it. Yeah. It's now a kiosk. A kiosk. In the yeah, it's been, a, it's been a kiosk for a while. That's why I won't go back over there. I'm like, wait, it's a kiosk? You can't do a Microsoft store with a kiosk, No. No. Well, that covers Windows 10, I think. Um, the Windows 10 devices event, at least. Well, okay. There was one thing that uh, we haven't talked about. What's and they, that? Mul- they brought it out multiple, multiple times. Um, they said that Windows 10 has been installed on 110 devices. 110 million devices. Isn't that yep. crazy? Now, you 
I believe, predicted in a year they're going to have a billion? No, no, no. They they predicted in two to three years they'd have a billion, and I said... No, you, you agreed. No, I agree. I agree. In two to three years, I believe they will have a billion devices. But that includes IoT, that includes new devices, that includes... Oh, so you're, you're including Raspberry Pi running Windows Absolutely. 10. Absolutely. Right. They're and predict- you're including... And with that logic, you're also including every Xbox One sold when they release the new update that pushes yes, Windows 10 Core. Yes, and that's why I agreed with that number because I knew uh-huh. they I knew they would be counting that. They are doing Marketing a sheer. People. They're doing yeah, absolutely. They're doing a sheer count of how many devices will be running Windows 10 within two to three years, and I fully believe they're going to. I mean, I don't know the number of Xboxes sold, but Xbox uh, One update. They're going to get almost all of those. I'll give them. I'll be generous. I'll be really generous. I'll give them 50 million. It's probably like 20 million. Okay. Or 30 million, but I'll I'll be generous and give them 50. Yeah, I don't know the numbers, so. We'll add that on there. We'll add all the IoT devices. We'll add I, I, I just, I still don't see them at a billion in, in two or three years. Uh, here's, now, here's why. The don't forget dying, running XP. Uh, uh, don't forget what else they're going to add. Windows 10 is the ver- first viable update option for things like ATMs and non-connected banking tools. They're all still running XP. A lot of military. All of that's counted. Any device running Windows. Think about a USB computer. You just say, oh, 50 bucks, here's a new USB computer. Yep, that's going to count towards the total. Uh-huh. 